can't take it back now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it should though. Like this it is should. stuff that should be public, right? It's yeah. like, guys, you keep recycling the same fucking awful people. Why why do you expect different results? Like <laughs> And that's uh, our intro. <laughs> that's our intro. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> Honestly, putting Interot in to replace Ion, you gotta be kidding me. That's typical. That's the thing, it is typical. <laughs> oh, we lost Paula. She just died. <laughs> that the Corona, Paula? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah, showing symptoms there, huh? You oh, feel yeah. smell? <laughs> Basically, a positive test right on the call. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Li- we're, we're live streaming. Paula is coming down with. With COVID, COVID right now, yeah, <laughs> terrible. <laughs> no, we, we, popped, we popped her. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, popped. I caught in the testing, in the ATG hookup testing. It's about as good as you it's know great. IWF testing. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Like if you don't hear the the ruffling sound of dollar bills, then you know. You're <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> we're just gonna we're just gonna put your sample on ice for like ten years. Yeah. Until, until an independent okay. reviewer comes and finds it. I'm putting it into the IWF 2009 to 2013 pending uh, spreadsheet. <laughs> Dude, so I just I'm picture gonna... I just picture McLaren like at the offices in Hungary and they open the fridge to like get a water and they're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> they're just like piles of urine. <laughs> well, that's where those are. So are we uh are are we actually recording? And this is all this is all counting. Like, are we? No, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna. I mean, I, we could start right now. Okay. All right. Welcome, listeners. Welcome, listeners. This is the ATG <laughs> Weightlifting Podcast, and um, this podcast is brought to you by ATG Patreon. Patreon.com/slash All Things Gym. Thank you for your support, patrons. And we are also supported by Hookup Store. Search for ATG merch on Hookup Store to find shirts, hoodies, and all our other gear. And welcome, listeners. Today, we have Paula Aranda on the show, special guest. We have David Boffer, who's driving, who's currently driving and doing a podcast. Right. And we have Nat... with a headset. All right. And we have Nat Aram over at the Hooker Palace. And we thought we'd take you on a journey through yeah, what's been happening in the weightlifting world. It's been a sleepy week. But. Yeah, it's been a slow news week. <laughs> week in weightlifting. Okay, so who wants to start? Like, um, should we give the listeners a little rundown of the the key events that led to what has happened in the past week? Sure. I mean, where do we where do we even start? So I think so we probably start with them them removing Ursula because that's really what kicked it off. Yeah. yeah. Well, but if, if people don't know why Ursula is president, maybe. Maybe at least start with why Ursula is president, right? People yeah, might not know that she is because of Greg's cousin doing a documentary. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So there was a weightlifting documentary by a German broadcaster, and that uh, brought to light the corruption issues uh, with IWF and led to Tamajayan resigning. And um, it first looked like there was some actual reform going on with Ursula being the interim president, Phil Andrews of USA Weightlifting, pushing for meaningful changes in the federation. But that suddenly all came to halt last week when I think it was at first the IOC 
said, okay, weightlifting, IWF, you guys, um, you're on a good road, but there's still room for improvement, like slow to respond uh, to criticism, etc. And then there was this anonymous email that was sent to the board, right? And that kind of kicked off the whole uh, chain of events. Oh, I, I think maybe I didn't know the, the exact order in which things happened, because just a whole bunch of things happened within 24 hours, and yeah. I didn't really know exactly what happened first. And say, yeah, it looks like there was some sort of uh, Ursula was about to release the some sort of update on the integrity commission. I may have that wrong. And right before that announcement was going to go out, the I believe it was Niku Vlad called an impromptu board meeting, mm-hmm. and not everyone was in attendance at that meeting. Yeah, a bunch of people and weren't invited. Ursula was not in that meeting, from my understanding. Yeah. And that was when they voted to remove her as the interim president um, at that point, which then a, triggered. I was going to say, in a possibly illegal vote, right? Based on the IWF Constitution. But go Correct. On, yeah, basically. Yeah, apparently that meeting, because of the way it was called, it wasn't in line with the Constitution standards. So it was pretty much an illegal meeting um, in their attempt to throw her out. And when she was removed, then um, I believe the way the Constitution (laughs) is currently set up, it defaults to Interat from Thailand as the automatic kind of president of the board at that point and then which we saw interact with global outrage from many of us in the weightlifting community in different countries like thailand is sanctioned i mean thailand has had so many strikes against it with uh, doping issues and he was removed within 24 hours and then uh irani from great britain is now the kind of current president as of today, which who knows how long that will last. <laughs> I also want to mention that Interat, this is my favorite, there are many elements that are my favorite. Interat, yeah. <laughs> under Ion, was, according to the McLaren report, the individual responsible for paying out bribes during elections in the IWF. So he was the quote-unquote vote broker uh, and literally had a bag of cash from which he drew envelopes and then provided them to the various member federation, the voting people of the, of the member federations. So that guy became our president in our response, in, in IWF's response to corruption charges. It's, it's just so perfect for the IWF. Yeah, it couldn't look any worse um, to have this guy in charge. And this, by the way, was a quote from the McLaren Report, page 87. If people yep. want to look that up, um, he's actually named in there. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, yeah. And by the way, Paula, I forgot to mention who you actually are. Can you, um, cause the listeners have not heard you before on the podcast. Oh, sure. Yeah. I, sorry. <laughs> I, I forgot everyone. to introduce you. <laughs> she, can, she was on the two doctors podcast. I know. I the two doctors. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I'm Paula Aranda. I am the current president of USA weightlifting, meaning I'm the chair of the board for USA weightlifting. I also am part of um, um, an IWF education commission and also on a couple commissions for the Pan Am Federation in regards to women and um, diversity inclusion for that region. Nice to meet everyone. 
<laughs> yeah, nice to have you here on the podcast. And you've also been like USA board, USA weightlifting board member for a bunch of years before that, right? Right. I yeah, I'm on my second term, so yeah, this will be uh, six years for me um, this year. Wow. So moving in on Ayan when it comes to term length. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who who is your vote broker? If I you heard all my masking, <laughs> was it was it Interat? Or, or... <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so now we're at the at the stage. So Ursula got removed, was ousted by the board by by a corrupt board, was partially bored. One my dad, and <laughs> yep. Interat was in charge. But just partially, so yeah. Fine. Interat was in charge. Then Interat uh, was replaced by Dr. Michael Irani from Great Britain. Also, longtime IWF member. Um, he's a competition doctor, also serving on a bunch of committees within IWF and um, has been very supportive of IAN in the past, I think. Right. I should add about him, career politician. Like, this guy has been for 30-plus years on the board. So... Why hasn't change happened already? You know, that's kind of the first thing. And the other is he was chair of the anti-doping commission that the IWF had set up <laughs> several years ago. So, again, okay. where the corruption and, yeah, it's crazy. Okay, so we are not expecting any change with this guy. Right. We can say that much. And um, let's hope this guy's not in charge like, for a long time. I mean, with the IWF... One never knows. He well, be. he said he's not like running for president. Now, of course, you know, Ayan probably said similar things like, I'm not going to run again, blah, blah, this and that. But mm. I actually don't think that uh, Mike Irani is going to be, you know, an actual serious candidate for president in the spring, you know, in the next uh, emergency Congress or whatever exactly is happening. So here's the next issue, right? They call it like an emergency Congress and because it's a really pressing issue and um, the IOC is putting pressure, because IOC is obviously upset with IWF um, and they're putting pressure on them or weightlifting is not going to be included, etc. Cetera, et cetera. What was the date scheduled for the emergency Congress? It was March 23rd 2021. So that's not, that's not really much of an emergency. No, <laughs> no that's it's like, oh, let's uh, keep it slow, guys. Um, the thing is, is like the IWF can't comprehend the idea of doing this all virtually. So they're like, well, you know, we need to, you know, find flights and find a place that everyone can go to and arrange for visas and blah, blah, blah. It's like you, you guys could get on Skype. But this could be done in like, you know, 15 minutes. Yeah. If, yeah. if you had Gregor adding people to Skype for you. <laughs> Are they actually calling it in person? Yeah, I think they're aiming for either Switzerland or Istanbul. Mm -hmm. um, Do they know about that? COVID is my next question. Right. <laughs> These are all people who are pretty old. <laughs> they're all high risk. <laughs> they're very high risk people. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I think that March one. So I think that one that's set for late March 2021 is they think that's going to be the standard date to follow, but... I believe they have up to 90 days to launch the emergency one. So if today is October 18, um, we need to see a meeting before the end of January happen. Perfect. There's no way they can wait till March or they're in violation. Yeah. But what happens if they don't? Like, you know what? Like, this is the thing. Like, there's no enforcement for this. 
Right. I mean, I, I guess at that point, and I'm just speculating that IOC would, you know, launch their task force and mm. the USAW response this week, we collectively as a board wanted to put out a really strong message that we were not in support of what had happened. We were not in support of what's the, the lack of reform, the lack of making any sort of positive changes that actually mean something in regards to protecting clean athletes. So, um, I think what was key for me when, um, you know, I was reviewing the statement this week with, um, Phil, our CEO and Kevin Farley, our media guy was, I wanted to have a really strong message sent out to the world. So that's when we published it, and it seemed like a lot of people responded well to it on yeah. social media. And I might add, you, on, you didn't only like um, publish this message, but you also sent this one out to all the member federations of IWF. And once, um, what is it, 20% of these people are in favor for the motion, then um, there will be an emergency congress, right? Right. So there was a letter drafted. Um, from USAW to all, I think, 187 country federations. Mm -hmm. And um, we needed at least, I believe, 38 countries to agree to an emergency Congress. I think last I heard, we were over 50 that yes. had confirmed it, but we just need kind of everyone to, you know, follow the process and submit that confirmation in writing so that it puts that pressure for that emergency congress mm -hmm. so now we're at the stage that this is uh, might be happening now ned you can follow wait up wait, wait. we, we got to talk about urso the resignations right, well we're urso we're and ursula resigned exactly yeah yeah from you know it's funny we're, we're getting like all upset about timelines but meanwhile like these things only happen five minutes apart from each other <laughs> so, like, like what's the big deal really that's true like two IWF executive board members resigned. Um, Antonio Urso, who's also the president of European Weightlifting, stepped down. And uh, Ursula Papandrea um, resigned from the executive board. And she also gave quite the, quite an impressive list of reasons um, she was upset about. So there has been precedent for this kind of situation. I don't know if you followed what happened to the Boxing Association. There, I think in 2019, the IOC took over IBA, the boxing association, and um, reformed the whole thing. And it took like 14 months or so. So we don't have that much time for weightlifting, but um, it kind of looks like weightlifting is following um, the same path now. So is this similar to, to what happened with wrestling and that the IOC sort of threatened them with expulsion if they didn't? I mean, it's a little bit different, but. Well, no, because wrestling, they actually said, okay, you're no longer in. They kicked them out. Yeah, but then they let them back in, right? Once they, yeah. I mean, they could pull that card moving forward, presumably. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't seem like a good look to me to have to be babysat by the IOC to, you know, get, get your stuff in order. Yeah, and the IOC has done a lot of babysitting for the IWF so far. They're always um, like, da da da, bad IWF, don't do this, don't do this. But so far, they haven't acted. Yeah, they get slapped on their cash cash bag hand. Yeah, with, with <laughs> other cash bags, with IOC cash bags. Yeah. I mean, that's the issue, right? Like, there have been 
there were zero consequences for the entirety of Ayan's reign. And so in some ways, as much as it's infuriating to see the same actors doing the same shit over and over, like if you've literally never been punished for what you're doing, why would you think to do anything else? Yeah. Like they have no reason to assume this is any different from any other year. I mean, if the hammer wasn't brought down, when they found $10 million of missing, missing cash and 40 untested samples, like installing the guy who was handing out the cash is like a, like a baby step. I mean, it's true. You know, they are used to kind of like, like some sort of like verbal warning or this or that. And then they say, Oh, you know, we're, we're going to do these strict things. And then, you know, kind yeah, of like yeah. not really do them. Like, I mean, how really realistically, how different, was weightlifting in 2019 than in 2014 in terms of results. Not that different. Like you were still seeing like world records. You were still seeing people who, I mean, I'm not going to accuse individuals, but you, you definitely saw a lot of people in Thailand in 2019. I'm not, I'm not talking about Thais because they were lifting, but you saw people in Thailand in 2019 who you were like, I think that guy or that girl is on, on shit right now. And yeah. it, it doesn't seem to be clear, like exactly how, how are they on this stuff under this supposedly, you know, reforming sport, you know, I will so, say, sorry, go on. I was just saying like it, it, these, you know, in, in theory, you would have thought that the reform would have really started with all the retests. Cause to me, that's yeah. like what really kicked off the whole thing to mm-hmm. a, you know, to a, to an extent, like with some of the decisions they made in like TBLC at 2016 junior worlds in the Congress where they did stuff like, Oh, you know, we're going to suspend these federations. We're going to have these things where like, Oh, if you have a few positives in like an, an Olympic quad that you're banned, like all, you know, all that stuff where it's like, Hey, if you have more than one or more than, you know, 10, you're going to have limited spots. If you have more than 20, you're going to have even more limited spots. Like all those things that came out of 2016, you would have thought that's when the reform would have quote started, but it, it really didn't because for the most part, other than a few countries, like in uh, Kazakhstan, you know, you saw a lot of low numbers in Russia. You saw a lot of lower numbers. Um, so it seemed like some countries, whether they were, taking it seriously or whether they were just like temporarily stepping back. I can't really tell you, but I can say that you saw some countries legitimately have lower totals and appear as if the lifters were, were preparing clean. Hmm. Um, But there were a lot of countries where that really wasn't the case. And there were a lot of countries like, like where I know that there were times that Gregor and I'd be looking at each other during a competition. I'd be like, that dude's piss is melting the bar right now. Yeah. Like this, this is like <laughs> way absurd. too powerful, way too powerful. Like, some people. You know, and, uh, and we were just like, wait, why is, why is this still happening? Clearly after these, you know, things that happened in like 2016, like and it seemed like a lot of countries just weren't even nervous about the whole, like, Oh, you know, if we get a few positives, we could be out of Tokyo sort of stuff. Maybe because they were just like, well, we just want to listen to that rule. It's fine. You know, it is surprising to me that Sam Cotha, uh, who I think was somebody who fought for clean sport for years, given that he's from a country, Australia, that is generally competing clean, 
ended up, if I'm not mistaken, siding with Miku and that crew. And the reason oh, yeah. it's it's not it's not because he's he's pro doping. It's because yeah. he no. wants to change the rules. So yeah. um, Eileen, I mean, or I don't know if I don't know exactly how you pronounce her Sikimatana. name, but Eileen yeah. Sikimatana can can compete. Like, it seems like a stupid move if you're like trying uh, taking a long shot chance to get an athlete who has not met any qualification requirements. Well, that's not really fair. Of, I mean, she, she's met a lot of the qualification requirements, but she hasn't met one of the key ones, which is having a competition in the first period. Yeah. So, I mean, which the bottom is, line yeah. is, is that she didn't meet the requirements, not any. Exactly. Yeah. So, but risking that. Or rather, taking a chance on that while risking the sport itself seems... I'm, yeah. I don't know how you square that calculus. Like, Eileen is young enough and strong enough that she could be back in Paris. Well, the whole thing is just, like, a mind-boggling level of kind of, like, selfishness, selfishness and short-sightedness. Because yeah. it seems to me... Now, once again, I don't, you know, I don't really know exactly what, like, Nico, Nico Vlad's... Um, you know, uh, intentions are this or that, but it seems to me like his primary motivation is I want to make sure that these cases against us don't get closed and we, and, or we don't follow this rule about having a certain number of positives being banned from Tokyo because he doesn't want Toma to be banned from Tokyo. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's kind of like this real short-sightedness on the part of a, a bunch of these people to basically say we want to change rules to help get one Olympic medal. Now, I realize that Olympic medal is a big deal. You know, I'm not saying it's not a big deal. It is a big deal. But it's kind of like, oh, yeah, we're going to just throw the sport into chaos over getting this bronze medal for our country. Yeah. Like, what? You know? Like, Phil Andrews wasn't doing that to get, you know, like, Sarah a bronze medal in 2016. Anyway, yeah. I don't, I don't really understand it. Once again, I don't know, but I, that's the only thing that makes any sense to me as to why they would be, you know, flipping out over, uh, you know, integrity commissions and Ursula saying she wants to follow the rules and this and that. Well, I think that... From what I understand, there's part of the McLaren report that hasn't been widely shared with the board because it implicates many of them into criminal um, <laughs> criminal dealings, which we're not surprised, right? Because we've been in the sport long enough. But, you know, to the average person not involved in the sport as closely as we are, like there's that report that um, you know, she held on to, and she was told really clearly, like, don't release the findings to the board and the board harassed her. They bullied her over and over to find out what exactly is in that report because of the criminal implications involved. And so I think that's going to be the other kind of big thing up in the air at that executive Ooh. board level is who's going to, who's going to find out the results of that report and share it with you know are they going to share it with everyone or are they going to follow mclaren's guidance well i have a few questions for you and if you can't answer them don't answer them obviously who told her not to share it and you know why that's my first one mclaren um there's been a few articles where um, mclaren had told her um to not share 
it, what was in that report because it was some, it was timed to the like integrity commission being set up. If that makes sense, like that report was going to be handed over to that commission to take an execute okay. upon it. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and it still has not been released. Is that correct? Right. Because when she was going to announce her commission members, that's when they removed her. And because gotcha. of that, yeah. The other thing is, do you know who paid for the McLaren report? Like, I know officially it should be the IWF, but do you know if that was the case? Or, and if so, like, how that money was dispersed, if I honestly the only one who had it? <laughs> Interot, that's right. They were just like, Interot, can I, can I hold your bag? How else do you pay for something other than a bag, man? I didn't know there was other <laughs> like, like credit card. <laughs> Um, I believe the IWF paid for it. And then do you know, I don't know how much of the report you remember, but there is literally one sentence that mentions an IWF bank account in Colorado, and that's it. Do you know anything about that? That I don't. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. So the report talks about how there's, in addition to the $10 million, that's just an estimated amount. They, McLaren and his team did not truly find out the full extent of missing funds. So, you know, could they have set up, could Ion or a family member of Ion set up an account in Colorado? Sure. I mean, and it's, they, I'm sure they probably set them up in the Cayman Islands and all these kind of offshore banking places to try and hide the money. But uh-huh. yeah, I mean, I think the 10 million is not even the full amount. I, I have a feeling that it's way bigger than we all realize. <laughs> yeah. I think McLaren said um, due to COVID, they didn't have enough time and uh, resources to fully investigate or to fully go after every lead they had. So yeah. what we see here is what they managed to do in a limited time frame. Well, and some people just weren't even cooperative, right? Like in a couple of notes, they, they talk about getting documents like, you know, days before they're supposed to release this stuff, and like at the very end of the investigative period. Yeah, the board. Many of the board weren't being cooperative. Shocking! Shocking! Yeah. You know what? I, I'm I'm kind of curious what will actually happen. Like, will will there actually be a Congress within 90 days? Mm. Will Will we actually see new people elected, or is the board still going to be filled with, you know, three quarters, uh, you know, countries with extensive doping histories, stuff like that? You know, I think from my perspective, you know, I want to see these efforts, uh, like to have the athlete commission, have an athlete vote on the IWF board, actually get followed through. Um, yeah, I agree with Nat. Like a lot of these people have been on the board for 10, 15, 20, 30 years. A lot of them are, you know, mid seventies and up. I think Sam Coffa is 84 years old. Like, come on. Like, I know we can do a lot better. Um, is, Sam Coffa, the world. is Sam Coffa even on the board? He's like their t- advisor. He doesn't get a vote though. I was like, I was just gonna. The last thing I was gonna add was, you know, I'm curious to see what will be the breaking point for the IOC to finally, uh, finally, you know, execute on the task force and do something. 
directly. If there is a breaking point. Yeah. I know I said this earlier, I think when we discussed the McLaren report, but Ursula was a step in the right direction. Phil was a step in the right direction. But I still think, like, given the scope of McLaren's findings and the investigation, like, the only way to really save credibility was to have the whole board be replaced and to have an outside entity essentially say, all right, we're going to just take over. We're going to take over elections. We're going to observe the election process and institute the, and work with you to write a new constitution uh, that includes things like athlete representatives and uh, oversight committees and whatnot, and just essentially start fresh. Even, you know, maybe also saying like, people who are on the board are ineligible for a certain period of time to guarantee that you don't end up getting the same results out of just inertia or even like intimidation. Like part of me is like, you know, like is Ion really taking a step back or is he sort of in the ear of somebody or, and it doesn't even need to be Ion, right? It, it could be anybody who is still uh, in that old circle. Yeah. I have a hard yeah. time believing that someone like Ion just, all of a sudden, like, can not be involved in weightlifting in something that he's like been yeah. involved in his entire life. His, his entire yeah. career, his entire life is based on being having his hands in the IWF. So. I agree. Or, like, is he fly fishing right now? Like, there's no way he's <laughs> not thinking about something. Yeah, doing something, calling somebody. I mean, there's yeah, all these old people on the IWF board, or a lot of them, were very, very close with Ion. Yeah. And if you're scared of retaliation, I mean, some people are probably acting out of malice. Some are acting clearly out of self-interest. But if you're just like worried about retaliation, you don't want to step on anybody's toes. You just you want to make sure your athlete does get to go to the games. Any lingering corruption or fear of corruption or fear of retaliation is going to hamper efforts at real reform. I just I don't know how you step out of this without totally cleaning house, even if we know that some people, I mean, I think Interot, for example, was running uncontested, right? In the last election, he's clearly the vote broker, but I just didn't need to pay people to vote for him over other people, but it's just, he has the stain of, everyone has a stain of corruption at this point, in my view. Hmm. Yeah. I don't think Ursula was bought. I don't think, I don't think her vote was not valid, but it just sucks. It just, everybody has that, that whiff now. There's some fresh blood in the IWF. It's All right, Mikey Rocky, we got it. We're good. <laughs> uh, that's why I was so happy to see uh, like people like Phil Andrews involved. Like he really helped USA weightlifting uh, improve. Yeah, we had our we had governance issues for a while, and you know Phil's leadership really helped set us on track. Um, and of course, you know Ursula was president um, of. USA weightlifting too at one point for several years and yeah having you know a strong framework for governance really addresses a lot of the kind of concerns that you know that people may have you know when there's that much money and that much yeah. visibility being yeah. transacted it's all about these checks and balances and that's one thing Ayan really did well in quotes like he put people in place where was it the McLaren report that said that people were incompetent? Like he chose people who, yes. who clearly <laughs> were not um, um, the scientists in the room. 
to do certain jobs. Oh, the McLaren report is great reading. It's really it is a it is just a laugh a minute from start to finish. And you because it's re- so egregious. Can you remind our listeners what the article on ATG is called that you wrote? Uh, I actually don't remember what it's called. But if you go to ATG and took McLaren, it's like you know, a, a basically a book report on the McLaren report, essentially. Yeah. Uh, and it goes over some of the highlights and some of the things like like what you just said, Greg, which is putting people in place who are incompetent or at least incompetent in that area right and i think it was that committee the accounting and oversight one that they would come to check the books and i would just be like here's the books sign this let's go out to dinner and it was just like it was it was the most rubber stamp job possible and he knew that that's what he could expect from them because they didn't actually they didn't actually know what they were doing in that field yeah the article is called book review just search for this on northingstream.com and you'll find dr boffer's article Good summary. Even Dr. Bopper, did you see that on Twitter? Even Grit Hartman from the ARD documentary, the German documentary, recommended your article as a follow-up. I, read. I, I did see it. I think that's also when she started following me. Uh, oh, she did on on Twitter, which is funny because I don't tweet and <laughs> I I don't think I have any followers. Like I have grit, I guess. <laughs> Uh, but uh, I felt like I'd made it in the world of sports journalism. You did another, another journal, a German journalist, no less. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the best type. <laughs> exactly. What other points have we neglected? Like, what have we not talked about so far? I don't. I don't know if we want to switch gears, but I am curious to know if people, how confident people are that Tokyo will go on, or. If we think there will be any events in the spring, and then if we think there will be a Tokyo, but if there are other points you want to address before that, I'm happy to do that. No, I think that's a good point. Um, Ned, what do you think? I think there's a, a very good chance of Tokyo happening, but I would say it, it will be um, somewhat modified with you know uh, less uh, spectators and some limits on crowds and you know more. Uh, you know, pretty pretty extensive testing and this and that because obviously this isn't going to be over with by then. That we all, I mean, that's a hundred percent. But I think they have to find a way to make it happen just because there's just so much money on the line for the IOC and for you know just a lot of the uh, Olympic committees that kind of get you know fed by the IOC. I guess is the way I put it. That it's just I don't see them just completely skipping the games i just don't i i just can't imagine them doing that i don't know you know we'll we'll see in terms of the events in the spring i think that maybe we'll we will see that uh because i mean they they seem like they're having they have like decently strict rules for usaw nationals slash american open slash youth nationals slash junior national well i guess junior nationals happen but slash every other nationals it's all being wrapped up into one I think if that goes off relatively well, assuming it does happen with the lifting in person, with the, you know, like the case count guideline that they put up, I think that if that goes well, they might, other events might kind of like take some clues from that. Now, the problem is, is trying to do international events with all like the travel restrictions and quarantining and blah, blah, blah. That's, that's another level, but. I would say there's a chance there's I would say there's some chance of events happening in the spring, but I'd say that the the actual Olympics happening is a higher chance. I just think that they'll they'll do whatever they need to do to make make it happen in some way to 
get it on TV and you know get get that TV money. Yeah, and we talked about various options in our previous podcast earlier this year. Um, I mean, it it probably would take like okay, everybody fly to Japan, everybody be quarantined for like three weeks or a month or I don't know how long. Um, get daily testing and then we can have a competition. It would need to be something like this, probably. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a big problem, though, because it's not just weightlifting that has qualification problems for their, their sport. Like, there's a lot of sports that didn't All right. yeah. come close to finishing their qualification procedures, and there's a lot of athletes that, you know, haven't really been able to train properly uh, or have gotten, like, stuck somewhere. Like, Heidi is just stuck in Malaysia. I mean, she's been in Malaysia for, like, this whole year because, like, of, of issues with that, you know. Yeah, Miso so has it's been stuck just, in Uzbekistan for what, six six months, maybe. Oh my yeah. god! I mean, that's what I was worried about way back in the day about us going to Uzbekistan yeah. in in April. I was like, we could we could get we could get stuck. I was like, we could get stuck for two weeks. Are you kidding me? Like, you know, not, not <laughs> like I was like, we you know, if if there's an outbreak at the competition, like for all you know, very easily we could have gotten stuck there. So. God. But anyway, the uh, the likelihood of all this stuff happening is up in the air. I mean, I kind of hope that the USAW thing. I, I I guess I hope it happens. You know, just because I, I want to see a competition that's that's not virtual. I don't know about you guys, but I can't really get into these like web streaming competitions. Like I watch for about five minutes and then yeah, I go do something. Same. It's it's hard little. to watch. It's not. Like it has a round based format that we do in the German Bundesliga, which I'm already not a fan of. And then it's also super bad quality. There's a lag. It just looks bad. And I, don't know. I mean, I'm happy for the athletes that they get a chance to compete. But as a spectator, this is crap. But then, yeah, a couple of times I've gotten like DMs from people who are like, hey, could you post updates from this competition that's happening? And I'm like, no. I'm just like. <laughs> I'm just not gonna. I'm just not gonna watch it and like screen record it and then post it and like some like choppy, you know, four FPS video of, you know, someone doing a snatch where like it literally goes from like, oh yeah, they're pulling to oh yeah, they made it. It's like wait, where you know, I can't even. I didn't even see the lift. It was one of so- those competitions that was like this where that featured some people from China, and the Chinese stream was like horrific. You couldn't see anything. It was like crazy lag. It was literally like FPS or something. Um, yeah, it's just yeah. It's I, I'm I'm kind of hoping that there is actually a real competition. Um, oh man! Yeah. I mean, assuming I'm allowed to go, I would go. I'll just get Paula to you know get me in or whatever. But um, <laughs> I'm not super pumped about the idea of traveling in you know like the COVID climate or whatever. But um, I kind of do want to actually see a real competition happen in the U.S. I think that would be cool because yeah. it's been a while since I've seen a competition that I've been like, oh, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens. Like, it's pretty much been maybe since Rome that I've been like, wow, I'm kind of excited to see what happens today. I was going to say, Paul, can you share anything about uh, USAW Nationals or the thought process behind it? Because as of now, it's going on. But I think final decision is November 29th, right? Right. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of thought in how to safely get back into competing with with people instead of virtual. So 
And I know that Phil, Pedro, Maloney, who kind of leads our events, JP, Susie, Sanchez, the whole staff have been great at just coordinating with um, our medical team, like Mark, Dr. Mark Lavalli, just to get kind of inputs as to what's a safe way to host an event of this size and what can we do to make everyone feel comfortable. So that was kind of the thought process in the guidelines that were published recently. Given, you know, given the COVID situation could spike up in cases at any given moment, um, that's why we're kind of waiting until late November to make that final call, just because we never, we don't know, you know, what Atlanta is going to be like um, at that point, especially as the U.S. goes into winter. We may see, you know, hopefully we don't see it, but we're kind of keeping that in the background. If cases do pop up and increase in a non-safe way, you know, to have other backup plans. I mean, just here in Germany, we are riding the second wave right now. Cases have been increasing for the past couple of weeks, and now we are hitting all-time PRs, Corona PRs again. <laughs> um, but again, we are not anything like nothing near your guys's numbers we we never ended the first wave we had one wave that never went away and now we're in just like a second bigger wave on top of a first wave hmm. yeah some places uh, uh that's some places like new jersey and new york managed to to get a first wave under control but overall i think it's just been a steady time wisconsin is currently like the epicenter it's like the worst worse all kidding aside dane county where i'm from isn't too bad but the rest of wisconsin is awful every day breaking prs well it's not a coincidence that happened after boffa got it kind of spread it no he just outed boffa boffa (laughs) seriously i was like man uh, what what should i do you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna go i'm gonna go to a concert i'm gonna go to a church and and i'm gonna go to a pool and i can't believe it i thought it was just uh the uh, a democratic pandemic, a total. Yeah. Uh, I, every day I read on QAnon, it's just a conspiracy. <laughs> I, I can't believe they, I can't believe they misled me. Those guys are never wrong. Yeah, I really don't know. Like Bafa's the only person that I would say like I'm personally friends with who who got COVID. Um, I know, like I, I know a couple of people through the weightlifting community who have posted about how they, you know, caught it here and there. I see it on like Instagram or whatever, but it's not necessarily people I'm like friends with. Not that I dislike them. I'm just not personal friend. Like to me, if I, if I don't like even have someone's phone number and I don't even talk to them at all, then I'm, I'm really, I couldn't call them a friend. I just call them an acquaintance, but like Bafa is the only person that I regularly talk to that's had COVID so far. I was the first person that I knew. Um, seriously, I knew, I know people who uh, had it before widespread testing was around and Mm -hmm. subsequently got antibody tests and found out that they had had it before. Like I know several people in that case, but in terms of people testing positive, like with a swab, although now I'm starting to find out, like I was just in the parks, I was visiting family and friends at home. Like I found out some family members who had it. I found out one guy who died. He wasn't a family member, but somebody who knew my father who died and had it. Uh, so I am hearing more. But again, yeah, like in terms of people, um, like let's say closer friends with, I was the first. So you started the wave in Wisconsin. I started the wave in Wisconsin. Exactly. Going to all those 
all those bars in downtown Madison, hanging out with college kids. By the way, Greg, do you want to talk at all about some of the people who have essentially said that uh, ATG and Hook Rip and other media companies shouldn't post anyone from yeah, sure, we can like, talk about whatever this. like a doping country is exactly. Yeah, Ned, can you explain what, what the issue is? Um, so, I'm pretty sure it was you who linked uh, linked me to like a Spencer Arnold um, video where he basically said like. He doesn't want to see, uh, you know, weightlifting media companies and, you know, he named a bunch of them to mm. us included, um, like post anyone, you know, I'm not sure exactly what the criteria was. I don't remember if he listed a specific criteria. And then I've seen some other messages on like Twitter and Instagram. I've seen some stories that like hook rip has been tagged in where people have said like, you know, uh, hook rip and ATG need to stop glorifying doping or this or that. So I don't know. Have, have you gotten a bunch of that too? Other than, other than what I just mentioned or, no, or I've, I've seen it just me. I've seen Spencer's, but that was about it. Yeah. You haven't seen others. No. And the, yeah, one thing you mentioned, like the, what, what is the criteria for this? Um, posting people who have doping record in their country or not posting people who have previously tested positive, but have since never been tested positive. Like, for example, Loredana or, or Lasha. Or, yeah, it doesn't really go into detail. Like, if it was like, okay, here's a, here's a list of athletes. You can now post ATG. Um, everybody else is positive and should not be promoted. That obviously is impossible to do. Well, it's it's a really that's that's one reason I wanted to address it is that first of all, I do think that weightlifting media companies have some role to play in not you know glorifying you know do doping athlete results. You know, I I will say that, but the thing is, is that actually implementing that is really really way trickier than anyone gives it credit for who kind of just says like oh you know weightlifting media companies need to stop glorifying it because it's not as simple as oh th this is who to post and who not to post an example would be like okay am i allowed to post uh, a video of sarah robles i mean what what's the answer you know what i mean if if your if your answer is yes then then why can't i post a video of of lasha you know so if so if if you're claiming that I can't post them, then then what you know what what exactly are you claiming? Because you need something more black and white than like, oh, uh, their country you know has maybe a bunch of positives. Like, okay, so what's the rule? Is the rule if they have if that country has three positives in the last four years, therefore you cannot post that country? You know what I mean? Like, it needs to be a little bit more defined, in my opinion, than. Than just like anyone who has ever had any sort of positive test or the country is any sort of positive test. Cause like, oh, wait, so Colombia has actually had several positives recently. Am I allowed to post Luis Mosquera, who has never had a positive, never had his name mentioned yeah. in a positive, uh, you know, et cetera, but his country has had a bunch? Am I allowed to or no? You know, or basically, Am I just never allowed to post anyone who I think might be doping? Is that the rule? Like, oh wait, they're wow, they're they're moving fast, like with a lot of weight. This is they they're looking a lot better than they did six months ago. Am I just not allowed to post that anymore? Because like then I would have to be like, well, I'm, 
in uh you know i'm not allowed to post kate nye from from 2019 pan ams because her numbers went way up you know like oh i mean if, if so i can't just go by oh the numbers went way up or i can't go by oh the country has positives or i can't go by oh that person has a positive in their past it's really difficult and if you just say oh you can't post anyone who's who's looking like they're doping. You can't post anyone who's had a positive. You can't post anyone whose country has had a few positives. Like all of a sudden, it's like okay, so what am I going to do? I'm going to post someone. I, I I'm just going to say Finland because I remember I I kind of busted on Finland in a podcast <laughs> yeah. from like earlier this year. Like okay, so now what I'm going to do is I'm I'm only allowed to post people from Finland. You know what I mean? It's like it starts to get real limited, real quick. And then the problem is, is then you're basically asking me to tank our coverage and tank my company and all of a sudden run around the, the training hall and make even more decisions about who to, like, it's already tough enough to cover a training hall without having to think about, oh, oh, wait, you know, wait, no, 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 that, that guy's from a country that had, had, uh, you know, two positives last year. Like, I can't post that, even though he's never been positive. Like, it starts to get too complicated to, to do that. Now, what I do agree with is, and this is something I, I already do, is anytime that someone has a positive in a competition, I, I stop posting their stuff from, you know, essentially that competition on. Yeah. So an example that I gave in, in our uh, iMessage chat was like, Gabrielle Syncreon did did a I think it was I'm pretty sure it was 217 clean yeah. and jerk in yeah. in Rio, super easy. I have good video of it. That video is nowhere on the internet because I've never published it. I've never sent it to anyone, and that's because his positive came out pretty quickly after that. It was literally like a, a couple days, or mm. I don't know if it was a couple days, but it was soon after. It was before I basically got into that video, but it was at you know I. When, when I heard, like, okay, he was positive there, I'm just not going to post it. So, to me, that's kind of an easy thing to do. And that's very black and white, which is, if you test positive, I'm not going to post it. You know, and in general, I don't really post those those athletes much. Previously, you said these kind of athletes have, like, a much, much higher barrier to entry when it comes to being posted. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've always had a different standard for countries where no no don't get me wrong like I'm generally I think I'm generally aware of I'm not I'm not sitting here and trying to claim that like when when I see some lifter from some I'm not going to name a country because I don't want to like offend anyone but some like ex Soviet country in, at like 2019 World's Training Hall when I see them lifting I'm I'm generally like I'm pretty sure that person's doping. But I don't necessarily stop posting them, even if I'm like, oh, they're they're I'm pretty sure they're doping. But I do have kind of higher standards for that, for sure. Like and from from the clean countries, I definitely have lower standards. And by lower standards, I don't mean like technique or ability or this or that. It's just it's just like more like a number thing. It's just if if someone is from a country where I suspect that they're still doping or that person has been doping in their career or this or that um i'm just going to require a higher number um to 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 basically post that on on our on our site or on our page or whatever you want to call it yeah. um 
But I do think it's kind of strange to make us as as media the arbiters for who is clean and who's not clean. And yeah, I mean, in general, my rule is if someone is eligible for the competition. Now, once again, we we can all tell from you know what's happened, especially over the last week, that the IWF standards aren't super high. No, but um, we can. I can just generally say that if someone can compete in the competition. Then to me they're eligible to be to be to be posted. I mean, they're, I mean, they're being posted on ESPN, right? They're being posted on on the big on Reuters on ESPN. Yeah, it's like, it's literally on like CCTV. It's on you know Russian TV. It's yeah. on ESPN. Bafa is commenting on it. You know, Sean Waxman, the legendary Sean Waxman, is commenting <laughs> on it. You know what I mean? Uh, Mark Canella is in is in the warm up room, so you know it's a big competition. You know, so. I'm just saying that I do understand what people are saying, which is that if if a media company, if all they do is just post uh, doper, suspected doper, ex-doper, doper, you know, suspected doper endlessly, and they never post anyone from like, you know, the U.S. or Canada or other places that have stricter anti-doping, then I can understand why there would be some resentment there. So I'm not, I'm not saying that weightlifting media companies have no role to play in terms of promoting clean athletes, but I would like, I would be shocked to find that people really think that we haven't done like anything to help promote clean athletes. Like we're always posting, like I post people from the U S all the time. I mean, no, I'm not talking about this year because I just haven't posted that much this year because there's not that much going on, but Let's say pre pre COVID, I'm posting people from the U.S. all the time. I literally made, I don't even know. Like I, I would say I, I've I've made more U.S. posts than any other country. Probably, you know, yeah. And I'm not doing that because I'm trying to like be some like you know anti doping hero. Blah blah blah. I'm just doing it because I'm trying to elevate athletes who who are clearly excelling in the situation they're in, you know? So I, I never was like, Oh, you know, Kate and I, she's only snatching a hundred, but like, you know, this girl from Egypt is doing one ten. Like, I'm not posting that shit. Like, no, I, I, I'll post the hundred. If you know, it's generally for me, a lot of it has to do with the athlete against themselves and the athlete against people on kind of their similar situation, which would be like, if someone's setting American records, I'm generally posting it. If someone's even setting junior American records, I'm generally posting it. Even some youth American records, I'm posting. I'm posting it on like the main hook group. And so I'm not, I'm not like going to sit here and say that we've got no role to play. But like, I don't really know how to even eliminate, you know, that stuff because, like I said, it gets super complicated. It's like, oh, it, if if your rule is the person has had a positive in the past then it it's a little bit clearer, but there's still a bunch of people. It's like, okay, so you're telling me that in 2016, I wasn't allowed to post a video of Norik. And keep in mind, that was before uh, you know anything from 2012 had come out. Mm. And you're going to tell me because Norik had a positive for weed in like 2009 or something like that, you're going to tell me that I'm not allowed to post a video of Norik in well, let's say 2015 at the President's Cup, well, well before the retest stuff even started. 
So I'm not allowed to post a video of Norik in 2015 when he sets an American record, by all accounts, competing co completely clean for the U.S. at the President's Cup in in uh, Russia. You're gonna tell me I'm not allowed to post that. So uh, okay, so what's the what's the what's the you know yeah where's what kind of point? Where, where's the real line? Is the problem like it's not so simple to say you can't post anyone with a positive in their past because then it's like wait. So I can't post someone who smoked weed, which clearly doesn't help someone weightlift. I mean, if it does, I would be surprised. But as far as I know, it does not really help anyone weightlifting. So, okay, so then you're going to say, oh, no, if it's anabolic steroids they tested positive for, then you can't post them. All right, so all of a sudden now I can post Love Chev because he, he didn't test positive for anabolic steroids. Right. You know, it's kind of like, and but but then it gets even more complicated. Then it's like, oh no, 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 but that was that was a growth hormone thing. So a growth hormone or anabolic steroids, if if they ever tested positive, you can't post it. But then it's like, okay, well, what about that person, like the guy from Iraq who tested positive for that, um, like that pre-workout stuff? Oh yeah, Sounds where where it's not a growth factor, a growth hormone thing. It's not steroids, but it's a it's a it's a pre-workout am i allowed to post that like do what do i have to decide what's a real drug and what's not a real drug you know what i mean what's a real positive what's not a real positive do positives expire after like let's say the rule in the iwf was okay after two years you can come back and compete and then it became four years so am i just going to say the hook rip slash uh, a responsible media company standard is eight years, you know, or something like, do I, do I just double the bands uh, for this, but not for that? Like it gets so, it, you can get so far down into the weeds and yeah. the response might be like, well, well don't post per someone who, uh, you know, tested positive for, you know, real drugs somewhat recently, or is from a country where you think they're doping. The thing is, is that that's not an answer to simplify it like that, because then there's so much interpretation of, oh, well, OK, well, you might say, oh, well, Belarus didn't clean up. But I think that this guy from Belarus cleaned up or Armenia didn't clean up. But I think this guy from Armenia cleaned up. I mean, Simon has, has never had a positive. Am I allowed to post him? It's just like it gets so. Yeah, we know allowed to post that, China. China was banned for a year. Yeah, China was banned for a year, but you know, I don't really think that people even suspect China of using uh, as as a country as, of of using just straight up anabolic steroids. A lot of people assume that China's using some sort of like, you know, something invented in a, in a lab somewhere that's like much more tailored to the to the athlete and much higher tech and this and that. I mean that's that's what people suspect. I'm not saying that's what they're doing because really no one has any idea if they're if they're clean, if they're not clean. Like other other than them, they you know people on the outside really don't know. But no no like I I don't know a single person in the weightlifting world who's like Lu Jun, he's fucking pounding that stenozolol. Like no one thinks that. Everyone thinks that that those guys would be idiots to take some sort of anabolic steroid. So therefore. You know, an anabolic steroid limit wouldn't even apply to China. Yeah. You know, and they don't look like they're on, you know, stenozolol. They're not walking around with like, you know, seven hundred zits on their shoulder like some countries. So, 
It's just, um, you know, it, it gets super complicated. And I, I know that I said a few minutes ago, oh, I sometimes post people who I kind of suspect are on drugs. And, and the, the, the answer might be, well, if you suspect they're on drugs, don't post them because then you're glorifying drugs. But the thing is, is like there's some people that I suspect maybe were on drugs at some point. There's some people that I suspect maybe were on drugs more recently. There's some people that I suspect, oh, that, you know, they fucking just took a big a big drink of drugs. I'm not sure if that's how you take drugs, but you know what I'm saying? Like, like right before they came over here, like, so it's kind of like kind of it's kind of tough to say, oh, you know, yeah, that's yeah, that's OK. That's not OK. And, and you can make it. You can't even go by like big numbers because somebody like cj is doing insane numbers and he's exactly probably... i don't think cj's dirt i don't think cj takes drugs you know yeah so you, yeah you can't go by numbers you know you you maybe could go by like like zits per square inch or something <laughs> it's, it's actually something like weird. that like you could go by voice octave for for women or yeah. something like i mean there, there's there's definitely there's definitely something to be said for uh, media companies making sure that they don't limit themselves to only people who, you know, are probably on stuff or have been on stuff recently. I, I right. think that that argument is is fair. Okay. But I don't think that you can accuse at least Hooker up and all things Jim. I don't know about other ones. Yeah. Like what so exactly I, what they post here or there. I don't. I don't really know. Like. But I think with Hooker up and all things Jim, you could say that we've posted a lot of, uh, I've just you know, American through. American stuff and other countries. Like I've posted plenty of countries that aren't, you know, known as you know, kind of like having bad doping records. So I'm scrolling down the ATG Insta feed right now, and I think we have a pretty good track record of keeping a really good mix of of lifters in here and lifters who don't have a doping record. One of them, I mean, there is Loredana posts, yeah, but it's not that, not that many, to be honest. And there's Lasha, there's Guo, there's Kate Nye, I see Harrison, I see Jordan De La Cruz. So I think that's actually the minority of lifters have a doping record that we post. Yeah, and it's it's not something so simple as even just saying like, oh, do they have a doping record or not? Because then then people start arguing about, well, oh, that country has a bad doping record. Mm. And and so, I mean, would it be, I mean, you know, is, is, is Guo implicated in the fact that Taiwan has had a bunch of positives recently, like with Chen and with uh, Tzu Xu Ching and like other uh, athletes like the, um, uh, what's her name, like Lin Su Chi, the, the girl who was like a 64. Yeah. Um, they like basically every, every other good Taiwanese weightlifter has been implicated recently other than Guo. You know, so are you allowed to post Guo? Even that even if her name has never been mentioned with it and you know Taiwan's not some sort of like ex Soviet country, Taiwan's like, you know, Western aligned, you know, because there's there's a lot of like country prejudice that goes on where it's like, oh no, ex Soviet, yeah. Their their whole team is on drugs. Whereas Taiwan, you wouldn't really say that. Taiwan's not some, you know, communist uh, dictator, you know, internet censored country. Taiwan's just like a very Western aligned, um, you know, freedom freedom of the press, et cetera, sort of country. But 
every single good lifter other than Guo has been has been implicated. It's like, are you are you allowed to post post that or not? You know, it's like it's it's kind of it gets it gets pretty complicated, and it it's also like it, I also bring it back to a little bit of like why it's like why is that a hard job to get into like the nitty gritty details of all this stuff? Mm. You know, it's kind of like. It's just like, all right, you, you know, at some, a certain point, it's just too many details to get into to, to, to worry about. It. And that's why kind of my policy has always just been, if the person tested positive at that competition, I'm just going to stop posting them for, from that competition. And in general, not that this was really that common of an issue, but in general from, from you know, competitions before that too, like, you know, if... Uh, if if you know Love Chef tests positive in 2015, I'm not going to post a video after that of him competing earlier in 2015. If that makes sense, mm. so I I would just generally just stop posting those people until they were on ban by the IWF or WADA or wh- you know whoever exactly is doing the banning. Like I would just I would just say like that's generally the the rule, and I followed it because it's just an easy rule that doesn't require much like you know, judgment from me. And then I don't have to answer questions about like, Hey, why are you not posting this person? Even though they set a world record. And I'd be like, well, it's because their two best friends tested positive a year ago. Therefore I'm not posting their lift. Uh, and the people would be like, wait, what? Why? You know, it, it's kind of like, it's too, it's too much for me to kind of like deal with like the, the, needing to make those judgments of of people you know it was just it was just easier to 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 not do that because it's just impossible as i've kind of tried to explain it's just it gets too you just get too far into the um too far into the weeds and then you know then for one person okay what you're doing is enough anyone who's from a country that has more than five positives in the last two years you you've now banned from hooker and and according to half the people who are who are anti you know doping in sport according to half the people that's fine well no no according to the other half you didn't go far enough it needs to be you know all of this other stuff it's kind of like you know everyone has different standards and what what i would say is a lot of this goes back to the whole like in in a, in a lot of things, this isn't just doping, but in a lot of things, in any sort of like uh, morality discussion of any type, everything's okay until it's not. Is really the way it works. Like you know, everyone has different standards for what's okay. Mm. You know, one person has a standard for what statement is racist, and another person has another standard for what statement is racist. And what statement was racist twenty years ago? was different for the same two people and then what was what was different 40 years ago was different for the same two people it's kind of like societies and people and everything change all the time and you you know like i said everything's okay until it's not like for one person that's okay for another person it's not okay and like it's i can't i can't like step in and try and be like oh well i'm trying to make you know 80 percent of the people who are very anti-doping and weightlifting happy by implementing these things. And meanwhile, I'm just making another 20% of people even angrier by saying that this stuff is still okay. You know, where it's like these positives don't matter. And so they're fine, but 
these other positives do matter and someone else is you know mad about that and it's just like all right you know i'm just yeah. i'm just not interested in being in that rabbit hole yeah we shouldn't be the arbiters like of you know who supposedly on shit and who's not i see ourselves as like documenting the sport like what happens yeah, i'm trying to show people who are fans of the sport what happened there yeah if the iwf wants to remove 25 countries that have had you know three positives or more in the last 10 years or something like that that's fine R remove them i don't i don't really care like yeah. i'm not gonna sit here and protest and be like you know i i'm you know i can't go blah 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 this or that i i would still go but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna make that judgment like you said like it's just like i'm trying to show people what what's happening in the training hall that day. Right. And the it's idea that I'm not allowed to post someone because their country has some positives in the last couple of years is kind of ridiculous. It wasn't like I, I didn't go to the 2017 Worlds, even though, you know, nine countries with, you know, supposedly really good athletes or whatever weren't there. I still went there. If anything, we covered that to, to the greatest degree we've ever covered any competition. Like, we had a ton of people there. Yeah. Uh, and... I posted a ton of videos of that for on YouTube. Uh, I posted a ton of videos of it on Instagram, ton of videos of it on Facebook. And I remember even talking to, um, I think it was Angelica Roos from Sweden. I remember talking to her the day after Patricia Strenius won at the 2017 Euros in, um, or, or 2018 Euros in Bucharest, or yeah. arguably Bucharest, more like Isvarani, Is but... That's true. like, yeah, like I remember talking to Angelica the day after that happened. I'm pretty sure this is what happened, but I, whatever. Anyway, you get the idea. But I was talking to her. I'm like, you know what? I was like, this has actually been a great Euros, even without, you know, Russia, you know, Belarus, Armenia, like Turkey, all this stuff, because you're seeing people like like Nico Mueller win and you're seeing people like Patricia Strenius win instead of seeing Oh, it's like, you know, Russia got first, Armenia got second, Russia got third, whatever. You're seeing, like, some exciting battles. You're seeing some big lifts. Like, Nico Mueller's big 77-kilo, uh, I think he made, like, maybe, like, a 191 clean and jerk or something like that there. It was just, like, that was a big lift for him because yeah, he was Because he had to, to make it. Yeah, he had to make it to win your Europeans. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so... I don't know if he would have made... I, I'm not trying to throw any shade at Nico or whatever. I'm just saying, like, I don't know if he would have made that if that lift was for eighth place. Yeah. You know? I don't think he would have been as hyped up and, like, you know, as... Con you know, it might have been one of those, like, okay, make clean, like, miss the jerk sort of lifts because it's like, who cares if he gets eighth or if he gets ninth? And I don't think he cares either. I don't think anyone really cares if he get eighth or ninth. So it was, like, it was actually very exciting weightlifting in a lot of competitions that I went to during the year those nine countries were banned. I'm not against banning countries. I'm just saying I don't want to be the one to ban countries or athletes or whatever on some sort of like arbitrary scale. And if 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 they want the scale to be so strict that anyone with any sort of positive test, like as an example, like I said, oh I can't post Norix twenty fifteen American record snatch where he snatched 172 in Grozny. I can't post that uh, be because of a weed thing from whatever. You know, so if you want to get that strict, I'm just not willing to go that far because 
then I'm, I don't have anything to post. Yeah. Then it's like, okay, then it's Finland. But the thing is, is like everyone out there wants me to go like what, what's the, I'm sure that Spencer Arnold could, you know, if, if we, if we brought this to him, I'm sure that he could, you know, sketch out a system that, that, that in, in his system is, is very clear. It's like if the country has four or more positives in the last three years, or if the athlete has a positive in the last eight years, or if, you know, this, that, or the other, like, I'm sure that he could do that. But first of all, I'm not going to memorize the sanction list. Okay. I'm not going to go around the thing and I'll be like, Gregor, why are you taking that video? That person's still within their eight year limit. It doesn't expire for another three weeks. And you'd be like, shit, oh, you know, shit. Please, delete take the video or whatever. Yeah. You know, so first of all, I'm not going to memorize the sanction list for some sort of elaborate scheme of who, you know, Spencer Arnold. I'm just giving him as an as an example because he posted the video, but I'm not going to, uh, you know, go into some elaborate scheme of like, oh, this is Spencer Arnold's system. And then, oh wait, no, no. What about you know, uh, Sean Waxman's rules? You know, what about uh, Danny Camargo's rules? What about uh, Kate Nye's? Like what? What she decides is okay to post, you know. It's like everyone's gonna have these. Everyone has different ideas. I mean, we've seen that with with COVID. You know, everyone's kind of doing their own thing. Like, well, some people think masks are great. Some people think that you know, master kind of like communism. It's just like pe- people people are all fucking over all over all over the place with this shit. So you can't just say, oh, you know, what Spencer decided is okay, or what this person from you know, what, what Sarah Davies decided is okay, or what this other person decides okay. It's like, it gets super, super exhausting and gets super complicated super fast. It's just, it is not as simple as don't promote doping lifters, because that doesn't have any guidelines whatsoever. You know, that's like, that's about as effective a statement as, you know, the IWF board saying doping's not allowed anymore. So right. it's like, it's just, oh, you know, that just doesn't mean anything. But then what we can do and what we have done in the past is actually make these uh, corruption cases public, um, help spread the word about uh, uh, what's going on with IWF. And like I translated the German documentary stuff, the first one in 2015, and now the one that brought Ayan down to, in, to English so people can actually understand what's going on because it was only available in, in German. And I think that's a far better way to go about this. And then hopefully at some point have IWF in place who can take a better, like a stricter stand on doping or have like um, rules in place that are actually being followed. Yeah. I mean, I would love to see like a truly clean sport because to me, like I don't, I don't go watch. I'm not one of these people who's like, LOL, but I wanted to see Ilya, you know, do 250 in Rio, blah, blah, blah. Like, I mean, listen, I like seeing exciting weightlifting. You know, exciting weightlifting to me can exist at lower numbers than, you know, people who would melt the bar with their piss. So I don't have to see a historic number to to be excited by, by weightlifting, but some sort of level playing field with, you know, kind of excellent, well-prepared athletes in like a high intensity competition with real stuff on the line. I like to watch that, you know? So I, I didn't sit there at 2018 euros, like kind of bored and just kind of looking in the stands and, you know, not bothering to take pictures. Like 
I was genuinely very interested when Nico Mueller came out to try. I mean, I think it was 191, but I think when he came out to clean, was it 196? I thought it was 191, hmm. but um, you could look it up. But uh, I haven't looked it up. But anyway, so I was genuinely excited when he came out to hit that, and I think Patricia had to come out and hit like something in the low 130s, maybe like 131. God damn it, and it was, I was 191. Like, yeah. Okay. Was Patricia's one nine one thirty one? Well, anyway, so Patricia had to come out and hit one thirty one, and blah blah blah. Like, I was genuinely excited to see that. Now, of course, was I also genuinely excited to see Lasha attempt two twenty one at that meet? Of course, I wasn't sitting there like, I'm not going to take a video of this because I think if you're attempting two twenty one, and your name is Lasha, you're on drugs. Like, whether I think Lasha's on drugs or not is kind of irrelevant. I'm just excited. It's a big attempt. It's exciting. You know, he's an excellent weightlifter. I just like to watch it. It's the same with her Patricia. It's the same for Nico. It's the same for other people that, you know, won or did well in, in Bucharest or in other competitions that happened. Like I, I didn't go to 2018 junior worlds and think like, Oh, you know, this is boring. Uh, you know, Kate and I, you know, was lifting in the session, but like, I don't care because, you know, there's no one from Russia here to do, you know, 25 kilos more than her with, you know, a voice deeper than mine sort of thing. Like, it, you know, I, I never at no point was that in my thought process. I was like, oh, you know, Colombia's here. They're great. Ecuador's here. They're great. USA's here. They, they have a great team. Like, you know, I'm excited to watch some of the people from, you know, Uzbekistan and, and Canada and some of these other countries. Like I, I was I was genuinely interested in that competition, like. You know, some of the people from Iran and blah, blah, blah. And some people may, might be like, well, you're allowed to be excited for uh, U.S. and Canada, but you're not allowed to be excited for Iran because clearly their whole team is doping. But, like, listen, maybe they are, maybe they aren't. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, Iran, as far as I know, didn't have a single retest positive from the Olympics. Hmm. I mean, did they? I don't know. I, I don't remember seeing any. Uh you know, Iran had plenty of athletes there. They had uh, their whole best team there. They had, like, Sorab was there in London. Kianush was there in London. Uh, Bedad Salimi was there in London. Even the like, 105 gold medal is now in Iran. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, Na Nazir Shalal is the gold yeah. medal. It's like, you know, it's like, oh, and, uh, and you know, Saeed Mohammed Bor is the, is the gold medalist from the 94s. Like, so you're going to tell me that, that, that Iran is, is, like, uncatchable. Like in and but but they're according to you, they're they're doping you know endlessly or something or or you're gonna go back to stories from like 2006 when like the whole Iran team got popped. Therefore, I'm not allowed to be interested in like the Iran team in 2018 at Junior World. It's like it's like all right, you know. Basically, this is this just reminds me of. In general, it reminds me of people of of kind of like. I mean, I gotta say, it kind of reminds me of like racism, where people are just like, "Oh, well, I don't like that color of skin, so therefore, everyone of that color of skin is a suspected criminal or something like that." It's like, no, like it's it doesn't work that way, you know. It's it's, mm. you know, you have to be more, you know, kind of refined in your judgment of it. It's like, okay, is is that guy from a country? I mean, it's one part of it, you know. Is someone from a country that has a bad doping record? That's part of the calculus, but you can't just be like, oh, that country has had positives in the past, therefore you're 
because I don't like them. Uh, you can't post them, sort of thing. So it it just it just gets super 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 crazy and, and complicated and really difficult. All right, I don't have anything to add to that. Um, Buff, are you still with us? Paula, are you still with us? I see Paula's still right here, but she's still here. Probably muted then. Um, do you have any thoughts on this? Uh, I think I would have just said probably what Matt said. I don't think I'd. The only thing I'd add is it is. So I, I think I told both you guys I, I watched the Lance Armstrong Thirty for Thirty, uh, which is really. I mean, for me, it was good because I didn't know a whole lot about Lance. If you know about Lance Armstrong, it might not be interesting. And it's clear that like during his victories, there's a consensus of like what you know what is this guy doing but he never fails a test so i think for some of us in the media we are put in a difficult position and i'll bring up synchro uh synchron's 217 from rio nat because he was popped right like i think a lot of us there that day were like what the fuck <laughs> like there was a lot of eye rolling and i think if you had asked anybody to put money down they would have bet positive right so we're put in a, in a somewhat awkward position of wanting clean sport and, and also seeing lifts, especially lifts that just look, they, you know, if you're, if you're around it enough, you see lifts that, you know, don't look right from countries with, let's just say patchy records, especially now, as we see more and more lifts that exceed what was done in the 1980s. And so there's a shared sense of, oh, come on. But there's also a sense of like, man, I'm not fucking WADA. Like, it's not my job. It's not my job to subjectively <laughs> accuse somebody or say or slander somebody by saying they're dirty. It's WADA's job to clean up the sport and the IWF's job to keep it clean. So yeah, I think some of us in the media are in a tricky spot because, yeah, like you, like I have, I cannot tell you how many times we've all been in elevators with young women who sound like me. And it's just like, with with historical records that are, again, not great, doing weights that are, you know, several standard deviations away from what you would expect. But if they're passing, like, that's unfair of me or anyone to make that judgment without some kind of evidence and then it is just getting hopelessly subjective or like Matt was saying like yeah then it's becoming it gets, a witch hunt then it's becoming a witch hunt and also it's becoming i mean here's the thing if you were to show me if you were to just tell me cj Cummings' story without naming that country i would say dirty i would just i would be like this is <laughs> like I'm, everything about him just looks dirty right but i don't think i actually don't believe that <laughs> But I mean, is that my like American exceptionalism thinking we're special? But no, until he is positive, I have to assume that he is clean, and I do assume that. Yeah, I was also going to say that it's asking a pretty big sacrifice of uh, a media company to first of all uh, take take on this project of excluding any suspected doping. Yeah. Um, it's also asking a lot for us because other people are just going to cover it. You know, we're not the only two people that are doing it, you know? So yeah. it's like, so basically you're saying you want us to kind of like tank our coverage. So people will go watch it on someone else's Instagram 
but then but then also there's not even like a standard in place for that it's just yeah. it's just like you yeah. want us to, to make make the make the judgment correctly according to yeah. all these different rules of what's okay and what's not okay and then you know on top of that you also want us to tank it because it's not even going to shut out coverage of those people yeah. i mean i would say this is equivalent to me saying well listen as a weightlifting media company i do not want to cover unfair competition so therefore i would ask all clean athletes to stay home because this is a doped competition it's like what yeah. you know oh i'm gonna say that like the, the u.s and canada and all these other countries just shouldn't attend worlds because there are doping people there it's like no like you're you know you're talking about athletes that have a short window that they don't have a long window to to be at the world level whether it's from life circumstance or whether it's from injury or whether it's from age or whether it's from this or that, like a lot of athletes might only realistically be eligible and kind of like in good shape enough to attend worlds for really just a few years of their career. The ones that can do it over like a 10 year period are few and far between. So you're going to tell them that they just can't attend worlds because we don't, we don't want to, uh, you know, legitimize doping by competing with them. Like, that's basically what you're telling media companies is, you know what, you're just not going to cover Worlds this year because there there's a lot of dopers here. It's like they're you're, you're covering Finland, you know? It's just like, I feel bad for Finland. Honestly, I, I love Finland. It's a yeah, great country. And, and the, uh, um, I'm, just, I'm just saying, like, it's just, it's basically asking for us to say we're just not covering Worlds. It's just it's it's a big ask. It's the uh, to me it's the same as saying, okay, U.S. athletes aren't going to Worlds this year. To me, it's basically asking the same thing because, you know, it's just it, it's it's a very similar level of sacrifice that would be involved, and and with us it would be it would be even more complicated because, in theory, we could still obviously go to Worlds. But then all of a sudden we have to make all these judgments and this and that. And like I said, we would be essentially seeding the media landscape of the some of the most famous people to other companies that are not going to hesitate to jump right in. I mean, it's just, you know, it's it's just too, there's just too many problems with, with this when you actually examine it. Even though on the surface, if you threw out a poll that said, should weightlifting media companies stop posting, you know, doping athletes like and you just said yes or no and put it on your Instagram? I mean, of course, you know, that's going to get yeses because it's 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 something that someone scrolling through their Instagram while they're, you know, you know, having their breakfast is going to just say yes to but not give more than four seconds of thought to if even four seconds. So once you start to give thought to it, it becomes a lot more problematic. Yeah, it's not that as black and white as people want to make it right um i think we covered a lot today what, one thing i'd add is like you said and sort of like what we're doing is documentary in many ways like we're reporting on stuff here's what happened here's how it happened and we're doing so i think within the rules of the iwf which is not to say there isn't a place for media outlets that push back against that and say things like, well, wait a minute, you know, these are the numbers in the doping era. These are the numbers right now. And also that country has X positive. Like there's definitely a place for that. 
And I'm glad companies like uh, or outlets like ADR, the German team, are doing that and pushing back. Uh, but it's not right. every media company, right? Like it'd be, it'd be, it's difficult for every media company to do that. It takes a lot of work. And it also uh, puts you at risk because it amounts to just, it can amount to just baseless accusations. It can, and it can hurt athletes' careers. It can hurt the people in the media's careers. Like it, they can have real world repercussions. So there's a place for that sort of pushback, but it's not everybody. There's a place for a more straightforward, like, here's what happened. Uh, and, you know, which is not to say we totally relinquish our responsibility in fighting anti-doping. Right. Like Greg said, we, I think we've tried to call out IWF corruption uh, as often as we can. And yeah. to not do so would be wrong, right? But... There is a place for people to push that envelope and push back. And there's a place for companies to say, we're trying to record what's happening within the rules of the IWF while criticizing the IWF. I mean, I'm fine. Yeah, that's with, a great point. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I'm fine with, um, you know, people, uh, you know, doing what they're doing. I mean, like, um, yeah, I'm sure I'm going to say her name wrong, but like Camille's sister is, it, I don't know if it's like Rachel or Rochelle. I'm not even sure, but Rachel LeBlanc Bazinet yeah. <laughs> tagged, tagged me in a story or tagged hooker up in a story and said, Hey, and she messaged me separately and said, Hey, we're trying to um, put out a video with athlete voices from world level people on Tuesday that I guess in two days from now, uh, can you help me spread this message to get the people to DM me stuff? So, I assume what she wants people to do is to like, you know, take a little like selfie video saying something and then like they'll edit it together in some sort of like cut of all this stuff. I'm assuming that's what's happening. And I, I was more than happy to like repost that. And I signed Sarah Davies petition. I didn't share it. She didn't ask me to share it. If she had asked me to share it, I would have shared it. But I wasn't going to like, you know, start getting, you know, involved unless people like the difference with, um, with Rachel is that she, she messaged me and said, Hey, can you share this? And I said, sure. But I signed the, the petition and I'm happy to, you know, support whatever people are doing, but I don't really want to take like a leadership role. I don't really view it as my job to reform weightlifting. It's just not, it's not what I do. I take videos of the weightlifting that happens. You know what I mean? I kind of look at it as like a more, you know, weightlift photos and videos, I guess I should say, but I kind of look at it as a more narrow role where some people are like, Hey, you should act like you're, you know, the president of this federation or this or that. It's like, no, like I'm, I'm not in that. I can't make decisions, you know, for weightlifting. If I could, then it would be different. Then I would have to take like more of a role, but I don't. So, you know, I just don't, I don't really take that, like that role of, you know, uh, kind of like, you know, kind of leading that whole thing. Yeah. And that sums it up pretty well. Should we end it here? It's pretty late here in Germany. <laughs> I'm I've got to have breakfast, so we got to get off. <laughs> got to have breakfast. Wow. I'm okay. in China. <laughs> uh, perfect. Okay, thank you guys for participating once again. Um, thank you, Paula, for joining the podcast. I know you're muted right now, but uh, yeah. thank you. Oh, there you back. Um, thank you for coming on and sharing your thoughts on the recent developments. As for us, um, I'm Gregor Winter, together with Nat Aram from Hookrip and Dr. David Boffer from ATG. Um, thank you for joining us, and until next time, see you.